What's up, everyone? I'm Joe Pompliano, and this is The Joe Pomp Show. Today's episode is with Ryan Garcia. Ryan is a 24-year-old professional boxer. He is 23-0 with 19 knockouts inside the ring, and he's built an audience of more than 20 million social media followers outside the ring. We talk about his upcoming fight with Gervonta Davis, how he initially got interested in boxing, what his training schedule looks like today, the challenges with cutting weight, the business of boxing, and much more. I really enjoyed this conversation with Ryan, and I think that you will too. But before we get into it, let's quickly run through today's sponsors. First up is SoRare. SoRare is a global sports game and entertainment platform that allows fans to buy, sell, and trade officially licensed player cards as NFTs. The coolest part? Each NFT has real utility. It's like fantasy sports, except you can buy, sell, trade, and manage your lineup with the NFTs. I've been playing their NBA game a lot lately, and I think you'll love it too. Here's how it works. You sign up for an account, which is free, and you're given 20 common cards. Then twice a week, you put together a strategy and build two five-player lineups and enter into competitions. If you win, you get rewarded with even more player cards. But here's the best part. If you sign up today, SoRare is offering my listeners a free, limited card when you buy five cards on the primary market. So go to SoRare.com slash JoePomp to play. That's SoRare, S-O-R-A-R-E dot com slash JoePomp to play. This episode is sponsored by SoFi. SoFi is the all-in-one finance app, helping you bank, borrow, invest, and save. SoFi's mission is to help members achieve financial independence and realize their ambition, all in one app. SoFi is transforming the industry and disrupting how the world sees personal finance. It's the single app you need to get your money right. I'm a SoFi member, and I love it. So go visit SoFi.com slash Joe Pompliano to learn more. That's SoFi.com slash Joe Pompliano to learn more. Joe Pompliano runs Pomp Investments. All views of Joe Pompliano and his guests are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Pomp Investments. You should not treat any opinion by Joe or his guests as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of his personal opinion. This podcast is for informational purposes only. All right, let's get into this episode. Let's start with the obvious. You ready? Yeah. Javante Davis, prediction for the fight. What's going to happen? Prediction for the fight, I say that I beat him in about two rounds. Two rounds. Yeah. Knockout. Yeah. Why do you think that? Uh, I think you don't have to tell me strategy. I assume no, there's I, some kind of. Even if I said strategy, he wouldn't be able to figure out. I just think that. I think part of me knows that I'm just better than him, just yeah. because that what I've seen from him, what I know about myself, what I know they're underestimating, just by the way he speaks, and just how he fights, but. You know, my main thing is I don't think he's really understood adversity in a professional ring ever ever in his career. I think he's always had an understanding that nothing could go wrong because of the talent he's facing. I don't think he's ever felt any risk in the ring. When I'm in there, when he knows that it's a obviously a different level type of speed, different level type of you know power, and that I'm not oblivious to the shots he's trying to land, which are, which are sometimes obvious that he throws. I think that he'll start feeling the pressure that this is going to be a lot harder than I may have thought, and I won't let off the gas when I when I feel that. So, you know, but this is boxing. Just kind of, you have to make adjustments on the fly. This is only what I see from the outside. In the inside, it's going to all play out. But he has. T- it feels like taller, longer. He gets frustrated, maybe. Not that he gets frustrated. I just really don't know if he's ever felt that feeling of how do I figure this out? Yeah. Because he's just so he's just way stronger than people and he's way faster than the opponents he's been fighting. 
Yeah. Um, even when he's had problems, he's always known that he could just kind of get up in him and, you know, start landing his hard shots because their punches lose uh, their snap because their challenges. Like, they don't have, you know, that strong punch to really kind of make him cautious yeah. to even come in. So, you know, and That's I think that he's underestimating my intelligence in the ring. I think because I've created my own type of style where it's not really, it's not flashy. Like, my defense moves aren't flashy. My, you know... The, the my footwork is not flashy. Everything I do is not flashy, but it's very subtle, and that's why I don't really get hit. You know, if you see my fights, never been bruised in my life. Like I said, I've only been dropped by Luke Campbell. I've only bled one time. These are things that you know. I know I'm so. What did that do to you though? The, getting dropped by Luke, right? You mentioned he hasn't faced adversity. That's adversity. Yeah. What did that What did that do to you? That really showed me the person that I always believed I am. When I feel that that sense of urgency or adversity and, you know, me getting dropped for the first time, uh, when in back of my mind, you know, I know the comments are racing, right? Like, oh, you know, finally this uh, YouTube fighter, Instagram fighter got dropped. This is what I was telling you. So all those thoughts come into your mind. But I just felt proud of myself because cause I've always studied, you know, great players, great, you know, not even just boxing, you know. Athletes in general. Just the moment where they feel that they they could switch it's almost like they become a robot you know i'm all, I, I became numb to the situation and i just said to myself you know i'm going to i'm going to make the best move possible right now i'm not going to you know i, I numb myself i kind of completely became like emotionally atta- uh, detached from that moment and i just said you know go do what you're supposed to do in this moment and uh, that's why i went straight to him you know i thought to myself you know i know he's going to expect for me to you know curl up kind of you know, when when you when you finally you know taste something, you're like some people curl up. Yeah. I said to myself, I'm gonna go straight to him, and I'm gonna make sure he knows that this this fight's not over. Like I'm here to win. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I was very proud of myself at that moment. Yeah. So you've talked a lot about just the business of boxing in general, right? And I think as as an outsider, one of the most interesting things is kind of the lead up to these big fights in, in your career in general, right? I think you probably turned pro at 17, 18, something like that, right? So you're not going to go fight the world champion your first one, two, three, four, five fights in the ring. You obviously have to have some build up, get confidence, get experience, all that type of stuff. But why do you think that these fights, these bigger fights of guys that are undefeated at the top of the game don't happen more often? I think they're trying to secure the bag. Yeah. I think the way boxing set up if you don't build your hype, if you don't build your, you know, marketability, you can't do big pay-per-views and all that hard work you've done since you were a little kid really is nothing. So I think they're trying to preserve it, they're trying to build hype and they're trying to save, you know, that they're saving their oh, you know, for a huge moment so they could get paid. And I think that's one of the the hardships of boxing that, you know, you could box your whole life and you make pro and you're gonna still be fighting for five hundred dollars to you know twenty five hundred you know, and, and getting your head you know beat in. When most sports you know once you go pro you pretty much made it you know yeah. you got bench players getting paid millions of dollars and, and NBA and, is guaranteed you get guaranteed you know you, you nothing's guaranteed in boxing one yeah. loss could really plummet your market your 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 place in the market yeah so they're trying to preserve it and they're trying to build their hype so you know it's hard if 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 boxing was obviously in a different format, it would produce better fights right away. You know, if it was structured like the NBA, NHL, or something like that. But where you're, you're guaranteed some money, basically, and you, you because go you and make fight pro. The best it needs to be it needs to be harder to make pro. That's that's what it is. If it's going to be organized in a way, because 
realistically anybody could go pro you know the camera guy right here he could literally apply for a professional boxing license and become a pro so that's the main problem i think that uh, boxing is facing that any dude could go pro gotcha. and call themselves a professional boxer when they haven't climbed up the ranks in the amateurs they haven't proved themselves in any way they just said i'm gonna pick up some gloves and fight yeah and if you lose two fights in your first 10 you're a different you're a different draw than someone who's 23 and 0 exactly and so but forth. what if those dudes were facing all top guys yeah. You just don't know. Yeah. Because the guy 23 and 0 can look amazing, but he's not. He's not playing anyone, yeah. How did you get into boxing initially? I was seven years. No, I was six, when I started, I was seven. But I remember I was playing baseball like around six years old. And I remember having, you know, played a full season. And we were like, I don't know, we got like fourth place of the division. And I. And I would think to myself, you know, these guys are just, you know, I would be so frustrated because they wouldn't put in the effort I felt I was producing. Like, I would die for every ball. I would try to win. And I told my uncle, like, I, I can't do a sport like this. I remember having the conversation. You want an individual sport. I said, is there any sports that are one-on-one -on -one because I, I can't yeah. do this? And he just showed me boxing. And I just said, oh, let's do it. And then I started hitting the mitts. And then I'm like, oh, wow, like. I like the sound of the punch on the mid. Like I like how it sounded. Like yeah. it just it was a beautiful sound to me. And that's what kind of made me become attracted to boxing. And after that, that's all I ever knew. And that's all I ever done. So So that's seven. At what point do you realize I'm pretty good at this? I think I think around thirteen, fourteen, after I won like a national championship in Kansas City. It was like the Silver Gloves Nationals and I said to myself I feel like I'm pretty good because like most of the guys aren't beating me. They're not even coming close, and I, I could do this if I become a national champion. I mean, that's what my uncle always talked about because he he got to the nationals when he was in the amateurs, but he didn't win. But yeah. he said that somebody you know in his in his family would would make it back here. And then when I got there and I won, I'm like, oh wow, like this is real. Like I'm the best in the nation. Like that that's that's awesome. And it hit me. I like you know what? I I could probably do this. Yeah. And you, I'm sure most people know this by now, but you were very early to the social media side of this stuff, right? You were creating content online, you were posting stuff, bags, showing the hands, all that kind of stuff. Was that just for fun or did you assume that this was going to get to a point where you could leverage it to do things in and outside of boxing? My intention when I first started it was I want to build my name. I just wanted to gain followers for boxing. I wanted to I wanted to see how far I could take it. Uh, I was impressed how people could gain followers. And I, I said to myself, you know, I'm a boxer, so I'm going to try to gain followers through my boxing. And that right there, I kind of sensed that, you know what, I could possibly become a huge fighter through this as well. Because I noticed that it was so hard, you know, going kind of the normal route, like i seen everybody else. They weren't doing it. And it was like, yeah, they had hype, but he, they only had hype in the like in a small little community of like boxing fans that mm -hmm. kind of follow like the traditional, you know, way to like find out about boxing. You were like expanding this. Yeah, I was like, you know yeah. what? This is bigger. This is way bigger. This brings way more eyes, and I'm gonna use this to become, you know, a bigger fighter. And then that's what I did. And and my dream has always been to pit on huge events like Mayweather did, like Oscar De La Hoya did. That was my dream as a kid, to become that. Whatever that was, I, I wanted to do. Growing up, 
it trans- transition now. It's like, man, how do I become a man like Muhammad Ali, or how do I, how do I become a man like Manny Pacquiao, where you know they stand it on truth, they spoke the truth. That's where I'm at now. I aspire to be people, people like that. The the business of boxing, though, right, can be kind of nasty behind the scenes at times. A bunch of different people trying to push their interests to the top. Do you think that the social media side has helped you gain leverage in some instances? Like, like put your name to the front of things, say, I don't need this, I don't need that, I have this audience that I can kind of leverage myself? Yeah, it gives you more freedom. Yeah. It, it gives you freedom in the business of boxing. If you don't have that, you're kind of a... You're, you're a slave to the promoters. You're a slave to what they want to, you to do. And they could put you in with anybody. They could use you um, as a pawn for other fighters. If you don't have this, it's very hard navigating your career freely and how you know you should do it. Yeah, as in if they don't see you as that top talent, they'll use you basically to feed everything else underneath. 100%. Yeah, yeah. What's a normal day look like for you, like training camp-wise? Training camp-wise, I try my best to always run every day, five miles, and that's where I kind of do my self-reflection, meditating. I use that, I use a run to do that, you know, just to think about, you know, Everything. I just love to think when I'm running. And then from there, uh, I go to the boxing gym. Oh, no, actually, now I kind of do strength and conditioning first, which is with my coach Sip from TNT facilities. And uh, do that from 12 to 2, 12 to 2.30. And then uh, I'm training at boxing with Joe Goosen at 7.30, 8 o'clock at night because I like to train at the same time I'm going to fight. I made that adjustment last camp. I felt it went pretty well. Well, basically, you're not you're not adjusted to like if you fight at 9 p.m., you're not adjusted to it or 10 p.m. If you're fighting at noon training. Yeah, yeah, and gotcha. a lot of boxers they like to train early so they could do whatever they want yeah. in the day. And I'm like, you know what? That's just I'm in camp already. I might as well put my whole devotion to trying to, you know, recreate how it is going into a real fight. I, I don't like to guess. Like I want I want to try to get as close as I can possible to how it actually feels. You know, when you get to the locker room, when you start fighting. So that's what I kind of made the adjustment last last camp. Like, you know what? I don't need the whole day to do whatever. Like, that's not, like, that's why I'm here. For Fully devoted. 100% so I'm here for three months, two yeah. months out, out of my life. It's to devote to perfection, at least coming as close as you can yeah. to perfecting your craft. How many times do you think you'll fight in your career? Right? Because if you fight, what, I don't know, two, three like times? 36 times, 37 times, maybe. Yeah. Why do you pick that number? I don't know. Just a guess. Yeah. Like, it's an oddly specific yeah. number. I don't know why. I just like it popped in my mind. I kind of yeah. impulsively just said 36, 37. All right. I mean, we'll see. I know. Maybe it's a lucky guess. You can stop whenever you want. So you might time it up. I don't know. I, I pretty much just want to fight more selective. Like, I want to do the big fights now. That's why yeah. I kind of chose not to fight this tune up. I'm over it. You know, I'm over. I'm over facing people that. I just know that it's not going to be a challenge. And that's no disrespect to my opponent that I was going to fight. But I just felt like, as the fans, I've already had enough tune-ups in my mind, especially in this, this day and age where social media, everybody knows us already. I mean, if I fight this guy that they wanted me to fight, it's not going to make the fight any bigger. Yeah. Like we already announced we were going to fight. There's no point for me to, you know, backtrack. And I thought, you know, for myself that... Preparing for Javante Davis, strictly just preparing for him, is going to be much more beneficial for me. I'll be able to think more about what I have to do against him, not this guy and then him. 
You know what I mean? Even though I picked a, a good opponent, he's southpaw, kind of short. But I just think that I should be focused on the biggest fight of my career. I shouldn't be focused on that. You know, whatever he he wanted to do, that's on him. But I felt kind of forced, and I don't like to feel forced. But, you know, I think it also it's a huge risk. We have we secured the biggest fight of our life, and you potentially could mess it up by getting hurt in a tune-up, right? Anything could happen. I, I would much rather hurt my hand or hurt my shoulder or something in, in a fight with Javante Davis than a fight, you know, that we're just doing just to do. Yeah. So that was my thought process on it. Yeah. Speaking of injuries, you've been through some injuries, I believe, right? What is that process like? Like getting hurt, recovering, mentally, it, everything. It's, I mean, it's challenging at times to, to always have to deal with the self-doubt in your mind. Is my hand going to be okay? You know, is it going to affect my speed or something? You know what I mean? Yeah. Everything comes at your mind at once. But you just, you just have to figure it out. I don't know. You just got to do it. There's ways to... Uh, to recover, and I think that's what I did. I just said to myself, you know what? When it heals, it heals, and you know when I throw it, I just have to, you know, make adjustments. If it's still hurting, then I'll make adjustments, and that's pretty much what I did. It's better now, though, right? Way better. Like yeah. my right hand's good, and I have no problems throwing it now. Yeah, that's pretty good. What are you thinking, right? So you mentioned earlier that sometimes you go in the ring and you know these guys are not as skilled as you, right? You can just tell you're you've been doing this your whole life. Is that like a confidence, or does that get boring to some degree? I guess. Like, what are you thinking when you enter the ring against them? Is it, hey, let's just go execute my game plan? Yeah, I mean, when you're fighting a guy, like, not as good as you, you kind of have to still take him serious because you still have to be good. You yeah, got to yeah, be the yeah. guy you're saying you I are. Mean, yeah. What I tell people is you show every man respect. Yeah. Every man has a fight in him. But your talent and your skill level will take over. Everybody's good for, what, the first three rounds? You know, everybody could keep up with, Pretty much anybody, if you're really a boxer, unless you catch them clean and they get. I was gonna out. say, haven't you knocked yeah, dudes yeah. out in like? No, but seconds? that was that was just like, oh my gosh, I can't. Like sometimes yeah. you're just like, all right, you're giving me it, I'm gonna I'm gonna take it. But yeah. it's when you're fighting a guy that you know pretty much knows what he's doing, but you're just better than him. Your skill, your talent would take over, but you gotta show him respect. And the problem is, some people go in there like, oh, like he sucks. I'm just gonna go in there. I'm, that doesn't work. You know, yeah. it, things don't work like that. How much does the crowd play into that? Like, do you listen to the crowd or are you like trying to put on a show at any time or is it just sole focus on who you're fighting? Sometimes I catch things in the crowd, you know, what they're saying. Like when I was fighting Luke Campbell, I, I, I like really remember a guy in the background saying, hit him with the back hand, Luke. Hit him with the back hand. I just kept hearing that. I'm like, oh my gosh. But then I just tone it out. I just, <laughs> I could just go after this guy. Yeah. But something it's weird. Like sometimes I hear my, I, I will hear my mom. I hear, I hear my dad. But really, just my mom and like some random dude. Just out of <laughs> that's just it. That's like, all you heard. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. What do you do outside of boxing? Like, what's fun? I just love having great conversations with people. Yeah. I think that's the funnest thing I could do. Hang out with the guys, have funny discussions. You know, I love people. So being around people, talking to rational people. <laughs> Some people got some crazy things they say, man. Do, uh, <laughs> sp speaking of that, you obviously have a big social media presence like we talked about. Fans can get crazy sometimes. Yeah. You deal with any of that or no? Sometimes. I, I try to... It seems like you show love when you can, right? And I try then, to give people truth, but then yeah. some people that are just like so emotional, I just let them be at peace with themselves. Yeah. But most people probably aren't like that in person, right? It's just no, online? No, it's just online. Just online. In person, they're more Super respectful. nice and... Yeah. As, as people should be. Yeah. It's just online, 
it's just easy to talk shit and just get away with it, you yeah. know, without somebody kind of coming back at you. I don't know. Does it, did that ever get to you or no? If it, does, stuff. If, if it does get to me, I just, I just get off. Yeah. Like if it's just, like if it's affecting my, my mental health, I'll just get off. Yeah. Like I just choose to be like, I'm done. Do you put a lot of time into the social media stuff or now? Is it like, hey, capture a video while I'm training and we'll post it? Or no. is it like thought out? No, it's all, all everything's thought out from the lighting yeah. to how I look to, and then I ask myself, if I was watching this and I wasn't me, would I like it? Yeah. And then if I say, no, nah, I wouldn't, then I will post it. Because it started with the, uh, the the quick hands videos, right? Yeah, yeah. That's what you're doing at first? Yeah, I just thought it was cool. You know, one day I just, it was Sports like, Center's like, we'll repost it. You're like, amazing. It was amazing. <laughs> Keep going. You know, and then the body shot one. challenge. Yeah. That was cool. You ever heard anyone doing that? I did. A couple of people. A couple of people. <laughs> the one ones that were wearing the, the, uh, the uh, what do you call it or not? The one, no, they wear it. It's just the people that actually want to do the real challenge where you put them on the wall. And then you hit them just as hard as you can. That's that's the ones that get hurt. That they get hurt, yeah. But the ones that like they stand, they're standing like say in an open space, and they could absorb it and back up. Yeah, it's not gonna hurt as much because you're taking away the shot. Yeah. But when you're against the wall, you there's feel no like, give. There's no give. We're not gonna do that. All right. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all set on that. Um, we'll, we'll try though. No, maybe. Uh, <laughs> fatherhood. Yeah. Has that been helpful in the grand scheme of all of this? Not really boxing wise. I yeah. feel like, you know, I've always been inspired to to be a great fighter. That, that yeah. never changes. That's something in here. It's just the will to win, the will to figure it out. Fatherhood has really taught me just to become a more responsible, you know, adult and just show them, you know, a great example of how, how you know, a father should be and how he should, you know, handle himself in a way. So, that I mean, it's always in your mind, you know, you, you want to be the best version of yourself for 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 your little uh your little person you know yeah. guide them to become a, a good person when they grow up i feel like it probably has to make you uh grow up in some instance right it i does. mean um, you were young when you started all of this kind of stuff and i don't know about you but when i was 17 18 19 i was doing tons of stupid shit right <laughs> yeah. so it's like i mean it's just what it is right you're not mature enough to right. realize some of these things right. and maybe that helps in some instance yeah it does it does and um I'm just so blessed to have my two girls. It's crazy that I just have girls, though. <laughs> Not one boy. <laughs> well, you got to carry on. No, the, no. Uh, no it's the, awesome, the though. I mean, being a girl dad is amazing. They're, they're so sweet to me. And, you know, it's, not, it's, it's, it's a love that can't be explained. Yeah. You're willing to do anything for them and actually do it, you know, yeah. die for them. It's just, it's very, it's a different type of love. I like that. Anyone you look up to in boxing? On the business side or the actual like fighting side? Look up to just Manny Pacquiao, maybe. Yeah, yeah Manny Pacquiao. And why him? Because everything he does outside the ring? Yeah, I love when people stand for something. And don't let just, you know, don't be so absorbed of themselves. You know, they want to give to others, whether it's, you know, with knowledge or if it's, you know, helping out homeless or, or some way, somehow. You're giving something to everybody else, you know. I think that's... Using your platform, I think basically. that's just the most important thing to do, just in life in general. Yeah, to leave a mark some way somehow, and I think that's the true mark. You know, you know, just boxing is just a little thing. You know, it give it get it gives you the platform to speak, but that's where that's where like truth is needed for like speaking truth. You know, you give a part of yourself to, you know, this world and your purpose. I think that's important. I think Manny Packer has done uh, has done a 
A lot of that. And yeah. he's an eight-time division world champion in eight different... Nobody has ever done that. Yeah. That's amazing. I think, without a doubt, he's the, the best fighter of this generation. I know that people will you know, disagree because they'll say Floyd, which Floyd is a great fighter, don't get me wrong, and will go down as one of the best. But you can't... I mean, historically, you just can't... You can't deny that this man coming from flyweight, you know, just the littlest of little, yeah. and winning world champions... In, in so many different ways. That's unheard of. And it'll never be done. I don't think it'll ever I was going to ask if you have aspirations to do that, right? Move yeah. up weight classes at some point and try to win. I mean, that's pound for pound. That's literally pound for pound. Like some people say, oh, he's, he's pound for pound best. No, but that he did it. Yeah. He showed he went through every every division and, and did it. I have aspirations just to to be great, to win. You know, I'm not going to be coming from flyweight. <laughs> yeah, know, all the way. I'm just too big. I want to give great fights, and I want to be dominant in every fight. I'll see where life takes me. YouTube boxing. Is this good for boxing or bad for boxing? YouTube boxing is good if there's a right balance. At some point, it becomes bad for boxing because then that's what people are going to assume boxing is. Yeah. You know, that's not boxing at all. That's just... Well, I feel like there's different levels to this too, right? Like Jake Paul who I would argue is actually doing some good, right? I think he's he's trying to fight. He trains really hard. He's like putting an effort into this. Right. I don't think he's going to be a world champion at any point, but mm. I think he's he's trying, right? And then you have like TikTokers who are going in the ring and right. no experience, no training, no nothing, and just trying to throw haymakers at each other. Is that kind of where you see the split? Kind of, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Jake, you have to respect it because he's taking – He's doing. He's going down the you know the route of a professional fighter. Yeah. He's fighting people. I know he's fighting MMA fighters, but there's many boxers with six, five fights fighting MMA fighters. You know. There's a lot of people who wouldn't step in the ring with Tyron Woodley. Right. I would argue. Even if they're just coming up as an amateur, they just wouldn't do it. Although, you know, what weight division is he? I don't know. One. I think cruiserweight. That's a hard division to to compete with the best guys. Yeah. But that's not to say that he won't ever get to that level. It'd be hard for him. Why? Because basically these guys have been doing it forever. It's just like repetition at this point. Yeah, not only that, they're just, you know, those guys are huge. Like, it's those cruiserweights are much bigger, like, yeah. than Jake. Right now he's been fighting guys that, you know, not that they're smaller. They're just, well, yeah, actually they are smaller. Yeah. But, um, but he... How much of the difference does that, like, the, the height and the reach and all of that make? Because I'm assuming that's a, a part of the reason why you think you have an advantage over Javante, right? Yeah, and I just think I'm better, but <laughs> no, seriously, I do think I'm better. But the weight does is a huge part in boxing. Yeah. I mean, five pounds could make the. That's why they say, "Oh, he's moving up." Mm-hmm. That's why what, May, what Manny Pacquiao did was so amazing because weight is huge. I mean, I'm never gonna beat you know cruiser weights or you know heavyweights. I, I I mean, no matter how good I am, no how much how strong I think I am. When I get to the you know high level, they're just gonna they're gonna dominate me. There's nothing you could do about it. So, you know, weight classes matter. Going back to Jake, I think that what he's done is very impressive. Like the one punch knockouts, that's not easy. I don't care what anybody says. You know, even as professional fighters, there's not many professional fighters that have even have one punch knockouts. Yeah. Like where he slept Tyrone yeah. with. That's impressive. So I think you know I'm very excited to see what he does with his career and how far he could take it. You know, I'm all behind what he's gonna do. Yeah. Speaking of weight, 
What's uh, the weight cutting process look like? I'm always fascinated with this stuff because I feel like I've talked to some people and they're like, yeah, you know, no problem. I only have to cut five, 10 pounds. It's, it's not huge. And then some people, it's literally like the worst thing ever and they don't want to do it every single fight. Where are you on that kind of spectrum? Weight cutting, it sucks. Yeah. yeah. And what are you doing? You're, you're not eating food. You're not no, drinking it's, water. Just, you're... It's just calorie. You know, you're not, your intake on calories is going to be less than you're burning. Obviously, yeah. a lot of fasting. At a certain point, now you're going to be watching your, your water intake. So Closer to the fight? Yeah, like two weeks, maybe before the fight, you start watching like, you know, I can't drink three pounds of water. I'm now drinking only two pounds of water or yeah. a pound of water. And, you and you're still make, training this whole time, right? Yeah, and you got to just make sure that every day you're losing some amount of weight. You know, if you're waking up at this amount tomorrow morning, you're going to wake up at this amount. And you just got to stay disciplined, stay disciplined before you know it, you know, you're, you're almost there. Yeah. And then you just keep sweating out the final pounds. It's just a process of discipline. That's it. Yeah. Just hard, hard discipline. And just, you're not even thinking about it. You're just going to do it. Yeah. Have and you ever had so, a close call on that or no? No, 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 no. I just, I go, like I said, I go into a place in my mind, I'm just, I'm losing this weight. I don't yeah. know how, but I'm going to do it. Yeah. And fasting, it's like intermittent fasting in the yeah, morning? or that's yeah. what I do. That's least. what you do? You do I, that on like non-training camp too or just yeah, training camp? Yeah. yeah. A lot of the times I, I just love fasting. It just, it actually gives me more energy. People, people like wonder like, you know. I do the same thing. I don't eat breakfast. Yeah. Um, for me, and I feel like I'm like sharper the yeah. last like three hours of the morning, like, you know, like nine to 12 or something like that. Mm -hmm. Like I feel much sharper. And then it's great when you eat like that first meal, it's like a huge meal. And uh, you feel amazing. And then you don't, you probably don't eat a big dinner, right? You, no, like, no. I mean, good size, but not, you know. No. I, I'll just like, I always like kind of assess when I'm eating, like, am I satisfied? I am. I don't need to keep on going. Yeah. You know, I feel good here. If yeah. I push it, it does make you feel groggy. Sometimes you're eating too much, makes you foggy brain. I just keep on trying to like, you know, find that balance and keep sharp, you know, keep sharp mentally and feel strong. Yeah. Because sometimes when I, I learned this when I cut, I, one time I cut a lot of weight. And then I just ate a bunch because I cut so much weight, but it made me feel slower. It made me feel lethargic. It made me feel- You're talking about from weigh-in until weigh the fight? Yeah. So I learned that only gaining eight pounds after the weigh-in- That still sounds like a lot. It's necessary, but a lot of it's water weight. Though. Okay. Yeah. But it's necessary that it don't go more than eight to 10 pounds. Anything more, you've done too much. Yeah. You know, you got to watch your electrolyte intake and everything because you're not going to be as sharp mentally. It's just too much of a shock on your body. You just Well, and at that point you've probably been doing it for so long where you're not like you get sick almost, right? If you eat too much or you do, you know, you try to overdo it, I assume. Exactly. Yeah. One of the things I want to talk about is mental health in general. You've been, I think, pretty open about this kind of stuff and things you've struggled with in the past. Mm -hmm. I obviously want to be mindful of the fact that it's your life. You share what the hell you want to share, right? But you, you didn't box for, I think it was a year or close to that, right? Yep. While you were going through some of this stuff. Can you just talk about that period in general and kind of some of the stuff you were dealing with and, and how you got over it? It definitely was one of the hardest, you know, moments in my life, you know, especially recently. It, it was tormenting, you know, not really understanding why it's happening and why it won't stop you know, your thoughts. Um, I felt like I was in a maze in my own mind and I couldn't escape. And it was it was eating me up. And then it, it just was relentless. The, that's why it's not so much like 
people like often think it's like an emotional thing. It's not. It's just a. I wasn't even emotional about it. I just wish it stopped. I wish whatever was going on in my brain would just give me a break, but it wouldn't. And and you know I got super depressed. I just thought that this was the end of everything. I I I kept on trying to rationalize why it's happening to me. I kept on thinking, you know, you know maybe I'm just sick or you know maybe it's just try. I kept on trying to rationalize it, but. Really, it's boxing, right? Like, yeah, like, is it because I get hit? Like, <laughs> what is it? Like, you know, all those thoughts come into yeah. your brain. Now, looking back at it, I think it could have been maybe exhaustion. And I went to therapy. I took all the right steps to try to figure this out. And, you know, I never really found that true answer to why or what. It was really a moment where you find out that, you know, talking and just being open being open and 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 explaining taking it process by process really helped me like me if i sat with you and i said i'm feeling this and that and you were helping me work through every thought that really helped me like knowing yeah you were probably closed off to some degree before right yeah because you think you can handle it you know yourself and you're just trying to be tough and you know it's it wasn't that it was just having open discussion with people and hearing how they dealt with it, what things that would help with them, and then you have you carried some of that over? I assume to like today. Yeah, yeah, a part of me does. And what really, what funny thing is, is I said this on Bradley Martin's podcast was there was a moment where I was playing poker, and I like something like just hit me, and it was like, wow, this whole time. I'm reacting off emotion so much and I'm reacting off a of feeling and I'm, I'm letting my feelings guide me when it's really about truth. You know, it's like, don't trust your feelings, trust the truth. And then always, you know, filtering that out with every mental attack, every, you know, doubt, everything is like you battle it with truth. And when I came to that enlightenment, I was like, wow, like, if only I knew this when I was going through that, you know, because all these thoughts came in my end. I felt it was really happening to me. Like, I felt like I really was sick. I felt like I really was, you know, having maybe CT or something, you know, but I wasn't. I, I didn't battle it with truth. I let my I, I let my mind self-sabotage me and then I was trapped in there. And it was so hard to unlock because everything's spiraling. Yeah. You don't have a chance to self-reflect and, and battle it with truth. And then right there is when I kind of turned the edge. I'm like, oh my gosh, like I could just battle all this with truth. And I know in hindsight, like it's I was gonna say because like looking back, it's it's obvious probably to some right. degree to you, right? You're like, this makes so much sense. I just need to be honest with myself and do all of this. Right. But in the moment, I assume that was like nowhere oh, near man. your mind. Oh, right? it, it was hard. Yeah. yeah. Was there like what point did you get to where you're like, fuck, I need help, right? Like I need to go figure this out. When I couldn't train, I couldn't do anything. I was bawling out crying all the time the moment I stepped outside. So at that moment, I knew, all right, I got to just get help. Yeah. I got to figure this out. And yeah, after that, that moment, I was like, okay, yeah, let's let's take the steps. (laughs) You know, there has to be an answer somewhere. You like poker? Sometimes. (laughs) When you're winning? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I just like that moment of how, like, what it taught me is kind of like, well, it's no, it's a good metaphor yeah. for life, I think. Yeah. I was just curious if you play a lot or if you. I I do, I do. Some I I've stopped recently. 
But if it's a good You're game. You're losing I'll, too much? Not that I was losing too much. I just, I was like, oh my gosh, this is taking too much of my time. <laughs> yeah, 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 it takes a long you, time. You, you, it's fun, like it's relaxing. Yeah. There's nothing like being at a poker table. It's like you feel yeah. stress free. Yeah. You're just looking at cards. You're chilling. Yeah, yeah, it's chilling. Yeah. Talk to me about the state of boxing, just in general, like the business of boxing, what you think is good, what you think is bad, what you think the future looks like. Boxing, well, it's good. I think that it's in a good state. I think that there's really good talent right now. Yeah. You have myself, Gervonta, Devin Haney, you know, Teofimo Lopez. A lot of great talent in the sport right now. And a lot of personality, a lot of passion. And I think that's it's gonna be, you know, healthy for the sport. That you you need those personalities and those characters to keep it thriving and talent. I think the politics is at an all time high. And that's no good for the sport. And that's not good for the sport. So that's what's hurting it in a way because we can't pit on those fights that we want to do because if you're not with, you know, X promotion company, you're not going to make the fight unless a miracle happens. <laughs> Talk me through that though. Like how does that, I'm assuming a lot of people are going to watch this that have no idea how some of that kind of stuff works. Yeah. Talk me through just like that conversation. You go to someone and you say, hey, I want to fight Javante. How does that even work? How do they, how do they decide whether that's a good fight to make or not? Does it just come down to the money? It comes down to the ability to, you know, want to work with that person first. Some yeah. people just don't want to work with certain people. That's mm-hmm. just what it is. They don't want to give them the business. And they'll rather keep on making a lot of money with just their house and their, their promotion company. They don't want to, you know, they don't care about what's a great fight. They care about how much money are they going to make with their guy, which is a business move, right? But it's not always good for the fans. It's not good for the fan or the sport. Yeah. Because then you don't get the fights that you want to see. So, you know, when you, the only way it works is if you have two fighters that absolutely don't take no for an answer. Like, I took no for an answer. When they said, yeah, I was not going to let that fight slip. There, it would never be on my end. It would have to be their move to, to make to mess it up because I was willing to do it and I was trying to figure out every way possible. So there is a way. Don't let your pride get in the way. Don't let your ego. This is bigger than me. I really, you know, I really wanted to give the fans the fight they wanted. And that was where my heart was. And I wasn't going to let it slip. So I did everything in my power just to, you know, you know what? Most people probably would have been like, you know, fuck you guys. You guys are horrible. You guys are just trying to take every advantage, whatever. But not me, not, especially not for this fight. I was like, nah. I, it's I, interesting because I feel like like maybe somewhere like UFC has an advantage in that category, right? Because it's all in-house. They get to make the fights they want and all of that. But then I talked to – so I had uh, Francis Ngannou on the show, right? And he's he he hates the structure, right? He's like, look, I'm on this deal. They keep extending and extending and extending it. I'm now at this age. I'm the champion. I'm making shit money to what I should be making in a free market. And he wants to go to boxing, right? So I feel like there's kind of this division in both sports to some degree of people that are unhappy with kind of how the, the situation, the fight making or the contracts work. Right. Do you think that's a fair assessment of kind of the situation? Yeah, that's fair. Obviously, the top boxers are making a bunch of money. Yeah. And UFC fighters, I mean, from what I've seen, they're not making as much. But Yeah. It's like... I mean, so there has to be a balance somewhere. It's just more thinking, but... Would you ever do UFC or no? No. No. No, no interest? <laughs> not worth it for me. No. Yeah. Get paid less money and... And, and I have to do Have to more choke stuff. people. And, yeah. yeah. Get I gotta get choked and... and, and, and you know, my leg twisted, now I'm good. Yeah. 
All right, talk to me about your business specifically. Is this something you spend a lot of time on? Is it something, hey, I just wanna be the best fighter I can and all of this will work out? How do you think about your business in general and building your business? I try my best to really keep my focus on obviously boxing, but social media too. I think that's where all my businesses thrive anyways. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like the hub yeah. where everything started. So I'm I assuming when brands come to you, that's like a big portion of it, right? It, it is a big yeah. portion. So I kind of really, you know, try to pay a lot of my time into thinking, you know, how can I grow this? How can I keep it going? You know, in boxing, now it's about the biggest fights. So that's how, that's how I'm thinking now. Like, you know, I've built my name to a point where now I can have the big fight. This is all I've ever worked for, and now I can do it. So that's what I'm focused on is doing big fights and promoting it well through my social media. But as that progresses, I want to do something now more for everybody else. I think I want to create, you know, maybe one day my own promotion company. My own Why do so more boxers not do that? My, my feeling on it, right, is a lot of people look at what Mayweather did and they're like, that was genius. He did such a great job. He made so much money. It was amazing. But I don't think they understand kind of what it takes to be able to do something like that, yeah, right? It's not easy. Yeah. Talk me through that, why people don't do it, why, why there's a challenge and all of that. It's complicated. It takes yeah. a lot of time. You got to know the right people. You got to have a great team around you. It's getting all those pieces together. It takes a lot of money. Some boxers are not making all the money, so they can't build a structure of, mm -hmm. you know, promotional company. So that's probably why. And I, I want to do it. Obviously. But you're talking about more for you or other fighters too, like having people underneath that umbrella. Yeah, for for other people. Yeah, I want to create like a social media team for them too. I want to build their brands. I want to just, you know, give them a chance to make a lot of money, which they deserve. Mm -hmm because they fought their whole lives for it. So that's what I want to do during this whole, my whole career. I want to build that, bring them up, and teach them the ropes on how to, how to grow their brand and how to make the most out of their career. Yeah, are most fighters interested in the social media stuff or they don't care, even today? A lot of people, they're, they're, they have so much ego and pride, like they just think it's silly. And I'm like, why, why, you spending is, your time why is it on that? silly? Like, yeah. Why is it silly? Well, you tell me you make money doing it and then. No, it's like, why, why are you calling this corny? Yeah. Like, I, I, sometimes I just think to myself, it's like, like is it just a, is, I don't know, is it just their nature that they can't think that this is smart to do? Like, this is the thing where, it's so easy too. Like, you just post and see what it does good and what doesn't go, do good, and then you just kind of take it from there. Yeah. And that's why, like, people hate on it, and, and, and you know, a lot of boxers, they really say to myself, like, oh, that's corny. Like, that's not, like, I feel like in some instances too, I'm sure fans do it to some degree too, they, they say stuff like that and it's perceived as a negative or a slight. But in your mind, I almost feel like you're probably like, no, you're probably pretty dumb here, right? Like right. this is something you should be taking seriously. Yeah, I really do think they should be taking it serious. Yeah. I, I do think it's dumb yeah. when they say things like that because then you're not doing the best thing for your career. Mm-hmm. You're just hoping that you land a big fight, but it doesn't work like that, especially in this business. I was going to say, it's something too that, say you're 25, 30 years old and you say, I don't want to box anymore. You have that forever. You know, it's, yeah. it's something that's yeah, not that's going true. away. That's, that's also true. It, it builds something for after, after the ring too. Yeah. So all, all those things combined, like the smartest thing to do. I love that. What, what's next after the Davis fight? I want to fight Lomachenko after I fight Davis. Why him? I just think that's a that's a dope fight. Just keep going. 
Well, he's he, to me. I I just think he's such a great fighter. I, I want to fight him. I think he's just so technical. He's three time gold medalist. Just for me, I I go from Davis to Lomachenko. I think that's that's pretty. No tune ups in between. No, no. <laughs> and then after that, I want to fight Devin Haney. So those are like that's kind of like my hit list on who on where I want to go. Three in a row. Knockouts. Three in a row. Yeah, I, I only fight to knock you out. <laughs> I fight to squeeze you and knock you out some way. Do you get mad if you don't knock someone out? I do. Yeah. Even in sparring. Really? Yeah. In sparring, you try to knock yeah. him out? I thought that was like a... I just feel like I've done it so many times. If I don't do it, I'm like, have I lost my power? Do, <laughs> do, do people, talk, do people uh, talk shit in sparring or no? It could get crazy like that. Yeah. yeah. It could get emotional. Yeah. You spar the same guys or different people? Sometimes I spar. If they last, yeah, I spar the same guy. <laughs> Until it ends and then Until it ends, yeah. you bring someone else in. I love that. All right, man. This is awesome. Thank you so much. I had a bunch of fun. When's the fight? April? April. Yeah, in April. It's in April. In April. All right, good luck. I'll have the exact date soon. Soon. All right, good luck. And thank you so much for your time. You're the best. Thank you. Thank you. All right, everyone. That's it for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And as always, I appreciate you listening to The Joe Pop Show. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Apple or Spotify so that you don't miss any episodes going forward. And if you are looking for additional content, check out my daily newsletter at readhuddleup.com or follow me on Twitter at Joe Pompliano. I hope you have a great day and I'll see you next time.